Hello and welcome to the Mind Body Free Podcast. I'm your host, Abigail Moss, and today I am here with a friend who I've gotten to know from two different worlds, both photography and now healing too. So I'm with Davina Palak today, and she is a breathwork facilitator, a journaling coach, a retired destination wedding photographer. She's the proud author of Exactly One Children's Book, holder of a bachelor's degree in journalism, a mindful mama, writer, sharer, empath, feminist, humanist, athlete, recovering perfectionist, creative, and storyteller. She shares her own journey, which has included everything from journaling to breath work to plant medicines to show others that they can heal. She values vulnerability and authenticity and is called to hold safe space to create and is in constantly expanding her toolbox in order to do this. Davina lives in Costa Rica with her partner, Daniel, her son, Max, and her daughter, Charlie. Welcome, Davina. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Very excited to be here. <laughs> then this is so cool because we used to know each other in the world of wedding photography, mm-hmm. like for so long ago, it seems like now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> like another lifetime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you are living in another part of the world. Now you are doing this beautiful healing work with your partner, Daniel. Man, tell us a little bit about your journey. What brought you here from where you were before? Oh, my goodness. What a question. <laughs> oh, man. It's all loaded questions today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. I don't even know where to begin. There's so many things. I mean, I had, I kind of grew up with this big wound that needed healing. I think it was you know, I was the, I was sexually abused as a young girl. And I think I just, my whole life, part of my mission was to heal from that. And I think I just didn't know it or didn't consciously realize that. But so much of what presented itself in my life were, you know, was a result of these wounds. And yeah, I, I did a lot of healing without even consciously realizing it, but eventually through other things, I guess, in life, I realized I I got into healing in a more intentional way, I guess, as things came up and I was seeking something, something more, something deeper. And I struggled with depression for a long time. And I was really looking for more than just being on medication. And I, I kind of found spirituality and ayahuasca through that and then eventually breath work and yeah journaling was a big tool for me so I used a lot of that and just kind of picking up all these tools along the way and eventually moved to Costa Rica which was unexpected but kind of you know I felt very called to this place and ended up here so the journey really continues we're in a place now where People say that the town where we live called Samara is a place where people come to heal. And, you know, again, I didn't move here knowing that, but I see it, you know, the people that I meet, um, people who are on similar journeys, the types of offerings that other people have, really intuitive folks who I'm meeting here who are helping me heal as well. And so, yeah, that's the, that's the overview, I guess. Yeah. Oh, man. It's wild because we were chatting a bit before and, I was mentioning how, you know, last time we met like this online, just the two of us, <laughs> it was like just before the mentorship started and yeah, you were, you were still doing about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're, you moved from uh, Montreal to Samara. I didn't know that it's a place people come to heal. Something one of my friends who's been here for 10 years told me, she says, there's kind of like this energy here and yeah, that people come mm. to feel. Do you think that there's like a calling for that right now in the world? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I'm proof of that. I think uh, I, <laughs> you know, didn't think uh, through the mentorship with you. I one of the big lessons I received was that um, from my higher self, essentially, was that I had medicine to offer, and I remember having so much resistance to that, being like. What do you mean? I don't have any medicine to offer. I'm not special in any way. And then I got comfortable sharing more and more. And I use, you know, Instagram to share, you know, what my experiences have been and 
Um, I've shared my own healing journey from the sexual trauma on my website. And the more I share, the more people reach out to me with their own stories or just looking for someone to connect with. And it's almost every day that I have a message in my inbox from somebody who's like, just relates to something that I've shared, who just wants to connect or wants to share their own thing or yeah, wants to run something by me sometimes, you know, just mm. it's incredible. And I think I see it from these people who reach out to me, how much the healing is, is a collective thing that we are searching for healing. And there's so many beautiful ways to do that, you know, it doesn't have to be just one road. And hopefully I can, I can show people that, you know, that there are different tools and you don't have to go to the Amazon and drink ayahuasca either, though that is a marvelous tool. It's really, uh, I see that there is indeed a need and I'm encouraged by how much people are seeking their own healing and taking it into their own hands. And I think it's something that we definitely need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, you know, you've been sharing a lot of your journey and your healing path. And I remember, you know, not that long ago and still sometimes it's almost like there can be this feeling of taboo around not being like fully, feeling fully perfect all of the time. And I don't know a single person that does. It's almost this like shame around the concept of mental, emotional, physical well-being. Did you find that it took courage for you to share or was that something you were always comfortable with? It's a good question. I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to reflect on it now. Um, I kind of, I think in a way I've always been comfortable sharing, especially when it came to what happened to me as a child. It was some of the other things, maybe ways that I still struggle with things or, you know, that stuff that I feel is harder or has been harder to share. You know, I put in my bio that I'm a recovering perfectionist and it's something Mm -hmm. I struggle with a lot, you know, is like, what if I'm not seen as perfect? And I feel like the, the, the sexual trauma was always like apart from me in a way, separate from me. Like it was something that had happened to me, but that I didn't feel like, I don't know. I, I, I felt comfortable sharing it for that reason, I guess. Whereas mm-hmm. like the workings of my interior, my inner mind and the ways maybe that it affected me, I would have been a little bit more hesitant to share because of how they might reflect on me, you know? Um, yeah. And even today I have moments where I'm like, am I trying to protect some part of myself by not sharing this? And is it worth exploring that? And is it worth opening up to the world about this because someone could relate? And I really feel like that is my medicine is being like, here I am, and you're welcome in this space too. And if you relate to this, you're not alone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about how you had said one time, like, all of me is welcome here. That was, or all of you is welcome Mm -hmm. here. I feel like this came up in our, in our mentorship. And it's something I journaled about the other day. um, And it came out like, quite beautiful, I think, getting ready to share that one Mm. soon. um, About how, you know, I'll, yeah, all of me is welcome here. Like I can face all these parts of me, the ugly parts, the unspiritual parts, the parts that I think I'm supposed to be like over by now. Surely I know better than this and guilt, um, shame, you know, greediness, like this stuff that that's the stuff that's harder for me to share because it's the shadow parts, you know, that are harder to, to admit mm-hmm. to. But the more we do that and in safe spaces and And for me, you know, even publicly owning that, I think there's a lot of power in that. And it kind of, that's how you shed light on it. And also how you connect to others who can relate. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's, it's really wise and it's really brave to do that. And it's, you know, when I think about social media and how it's like this, you know, so often this highlight reel of the best version of ourselves and all of these apps to, you know, transform the way we look. And it's like, it feels like the antidote to that. (laughs) Like just how real can I be? And something I like that you mentioned, would it help someone relate? And I like that as a question is like, could this help someone relate, you know, and what they're going through to feel less alone with with where they're at. And um, was it Brene Brown that said, we all have shame and the less we talk about it, the more we have. (laughs) And it's just yeah, exactly. taking the shadow and bringing it, yeah, 
we can bring the shadow into the light, then it's, it may not be as scary as we once thought it was. It just takes, you know, some brave people to be the first to do that. And then someone else can say, hey, oh, yeah, me too. Oh, I thought that was just me. <laughs> it wasn't just me. So you had mentioned plant medicines being part of your healing journey and also how there's other ways to kind of access these healing states. Can you tell me a bit about what plant medicines was like for you and what you found afterwards to continue healing? Yeah. So for me, it was, I went in with so much fear, so much fear. And the experience um, really shed light on how much fear I have had and have around a lot of different things, trying new things, um, losing control, the list goes on and on. So that was one of the big, big lessons that I got um, from ayahuasca. I also got to see how far I had come on my healing journey with regards to the sexual abuse in that I got to heal. I had an experience where I witnessed the house where all of this had taken place. I was kind of floating above it and I got to, with my love, and at first it was very scary and it was like tightening around me. The energy felt very scary. And then I realized that I had the power to release it and to give it love and to, it was in, it was in my control essentially. And so I started giving love to the space and a mm -hmm. garden. I started visualizing this garden growing over it and it was just beautiful, wild vines. And, and I was just got to watch my masterpiece, what my love and my forgiveness and my, my intention of setting the space free, what I had been able to do. Um, and that was just like one of the first things I experienced on the first night. Um, one of the other nights I got to see myself as a young child sitting on the couch with my grandfather while he was abusing me, the scene that I've replayed in my head so many times. It's something that happened many times in my childhood. And um, I basically was witness to that. And instead of feeling sorry for my child self, I kind of was like, I know she's going to be okay. And like, she's, she's good. Like she's got this. And then I saw him and felt compassion for him. And to me, that was huge. It just showed me how far I had come through all these other things I've done in my life to bring healing to, to this event. And that specific moment showed me that I had reached something that's very difficult to reach, which is to have compassion for the person who hurt you most. So that was a really, really powerful experience. And a lot of other stuff, obviously, um, I could probably go on for like four or five hours about all the things that, that happened um, <laughs> during that week. <laughs> but I, when I came back, it was very difficult. Like I will say I was not prepared for how hard it was. Um, I went through like really tough depression um, one of the hardest I've ever experienced. And I felt like I was still broken and something was wrong with me. And Daniel was like, we had gone together and he was just, I'd never seen him. So like elated and like high on life and attracting all this beautiful energy and connection with people. He was just, it was obnoxious to me how like great he seemed. <laughs> compared to how terribly I felt I was doing, you know, and I was like, well, will you please stop smiling all the time, you know? <laughs> but no, thankfully, he knows how to how to hold space and was very supportive. But um, yeah, I just I struggled a lot. Um, and it was shortly it was around that time that we came here to Costa Rica and ended up spending three and a half months only to realize that this is where we wanted to call home. Um, and I think since that period, you know, I haven't, this was a year ago now. Is that right? Only a year? Yeah, only a year. I haven't experienced, you know, the darkness of depression in the way that since then, really, that, that deep darkness. I have a different relationship with it. And I think that the magic that I witnessed with ayahuasca and afterwards through different things like breath work and other things that were able to get me to that state, I feel like I can't go back to such deep darkness when I've seen so much light because mm -hmm. I know that I'm not made of darkness. And I think that was my fear before. That's 
something I kind of believed ever since I was a child that there was so much darkness in me and to have connected with the light allowed me to balance that out. We can have darkness, we can have shadow, we can experience it, but it's not what we are made of. And I feel like now that I know that through my lived experiences, something that nobody could really ever take away from me as much as someone might want to debate me on it, you know? It's like, I just, I know what's mm. true for me. And one of the things, you know, we did a lot of the mentorship with you is to connect to that high, our higher self and go deep within to find what truth is and what truth feels like. And now that I have that tool, I feel like it's a lot easier to use that voice to guide me versus, you know, all the other archetypes and ego and all these other things that try to get in the way. Mm, that's so beautiful. There's so many things I want to speak to about what you just said. <laughs> and with the light and the dark, it's interesting because I feel like something that I was taught in Chinese medicine is the yin-yang symbol where there's the, the light side and the dark side and then there's the dot of light in the dark and the dot of dark and the light. And they, they said there's always light within dark and always dark within light. And I think so much of it is just forgetting the light, you know, remembering the light inside of us that we're made of. And I love that you said, you know, it's something that now that you've experienced that can't be taken from you. It's, it's such an interesting thing it, that to me, that sounds like it's integration. It's like not a concept in your mind, but it's something that you really experience and know for yourself. No, absolutely. And I think that right away after the experience, I, the ego does try to get in the way and the mind tries to get in the way, like maybe it was all bullshit. <laughs> maybe, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe you made that up or it's just like a dream or like, you know, and then you try to explain it to people mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily understand. So you do try to like find reasons why, you know, maybe it wasn't what you thought it was in the moment. And it's, that's why I think that other practices can be really helpful. Like getting back to a place of bliss during breath work that I've experienced with ayahuasca mm. was like, Oh, remember this state. It is true. It's, it exists, you know, and, and dreams, mm. dreams are so powerful too. And have spoken to me so much since my ayahuasca experience and all of these things come in to, to remind me at least that, that it was, it was real. I remember that doubt for sure. And also being in a society where a lot of are not in that place yet or haven't, you know, don't necessarily believe in that world beyond the obvious, you know, physical things in front of us. And you mentioned coming back to those states of bliss with breath work. So what has that been like for you? Hmm. It's so cool that breathwork is such a big part of my life now because I didn't really choose it and that's like something I was really seeking was to and it's ironic I was seeking to surrender more which I sounds like a bit of an oxymoron I like wanted to be able <laughs> to surrender more in my life and to let things in and I didn't really know what that even looked like you know what do you mean like you don't make choices and then push towards achieving your goals you know it's just went against everything I kind of done up until now in my life and this just breath work was such a powerful practice for me. And I have had such great experiences with it. And then I saw just one day I was like, I don't know, maybe I would like to be facilitated in this. Maybe it's something I would like to be leading. It seems like it could suit me really well and something they nobody's really doing out here in Samara. So I went online to see different things. And there was this one class, it was self paced, which is really what I was looking for because I wanted to take my time. I was feeling very introverted at that moment and I wanted to have something I could work on on my own, kind of like retreat and work on this thing. Um, and a lot of these other um, classes were, you know, in-person trainings and stuff. So I thought that would lend itself well to me and it just seemed like it, it came into my awareness for a reason. So I signed up. It was a six-month program. I finished it in like maybe three months um, I was so into it. And then, you know, Daniel around the same time did his training, but he did something different. He did a specific method of breath work, um, whereas I did a more general training. And then we started like, it was funny because even though we started at different times and worked on them at different times, we both of us got our official like certification letter on the exact same day, which was a total coincidence. <laughs> and really interesting. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> and then we uh, started doing these ceremonies together um, 
we're doing the method that he was uh, trained in, which is called elemental rhythm. And I kind of support him. I lead the opening meditations. I do the, the connecting to the light that you taught us in our mentorship. So get everybody, you know, nice and relaxed. And then, yeah, moving into this practice, it's a very active breath work. So you're doing these, this like heavy, deep breathing, different patterns of it. And we guide along mm. with music and then some breath holds. And then it, the whole experience, the whole breathing experience lasts only about like 30 minutes, but the whole experience is about two hours because there's so, there's a long meditation at the end and some integration time. And then we share and it's just incredible to see the experiences that people are able to have it's just and here in Samara you know people are here to heal we see it a lot through the people who pop into our class and we have regulars already even though we've only been doing this like several times now mm. um people who come mm -hmm. every week and who have a different experience every week and there's a lot of people who come out here to experience plant medicine as well um, so they might do uh, bufo. There's people who facilitate bufo out here, and so you know they go to this complete ego death and reaching, you know, uh, like a near death experience, and then they come to breath work a couple of days later, and they're able to go back to that place just through breath work, which is really incredible. And mm. I've seen people have mm -hmm. memories of childhood uh, memories come up, relationships that are being called to be healed that are coming up and um, you know, the memories that they're being shown related to somebody in their life who, you know, they then feel called to reconnect with or yeah, you name it. I feel like we've already seen it and we've only just begun. So it's really, really such a beautiful, powerful practice for accessing mm. all kinds of things. And recently my parents came to visit and then my sister and her partner came to visit. And so my dad, who I would have never imagined would be interested he came to one of our classes and so wow. yeah it was incredible to have him like come and actually do the breathing and I saw him working hard and it was actually mm -hmm. the first class that I assisted Daniel with which was really cool and then afterwards like even my mom was like wow he's so light he feels like a different person and I was like yeah transformation comes in all sorts of different ways he might not have had like much to report on in terms of the actual experience, but he definitely something happened because I could feel it. We could all feel it just being around him. And yeah, it's cool to be able to share that now with people in my life as well. That's so beautiful. What a beautiful blend with like the breath work that Daniel's leading them through. And then this extra layer of intention and connection and, and sounds like integration afterwards as well that you help guide them through. And it's so beautiful to be able to offer that to people in your life, especially people who you wouldn't expect. I find it's, you know, it can be so surprising who shows up and is ready to do the work once you start offering it to people. Absolutely. I did a holotropic breathwork class. Like I attended one a few years ago and I just like did the breathing, the circular breathing process. And then all my hands like tightened up mm -hmm. and I felt all this tension in my body and all this tingling. And then I just a lovely facilitator came over and she did this like Reiki tuning sound and like put her hand on my neck and I all this like this deep deep wail of a cry just came out for a couple minutes and I was like too in it to care to be embarrassed about everybody else in the room hearing it <laughs> but afterwards I just felt so much lighter and the whole rest of that week I felt like a different person and my husband, Dave, was saying, you you are better when you go to that. You should go more. <laughs> I don't think they're offering it here anymore, unfortunately. But <laughs> it was amazing. It was it was so transformative. And it was something that was really just about breathing and being in my body and moving all the stuff that was held in my body. Pretty incredible. Yeah. It really is. Like, there's I when I'm guiding, I'm often telling people, like, you know, see how if you're facing resistance, see what's on the other side of that, you know, because it is a safe mm -hmm. practice for for doing that. And you, you're like, Oh, it's just breathing. But then you do face like so many, um, your ego is trying to protect you, right? It's like, don't go there, you shouldn't open that mm -hmm. door, you should stop breathing, or you should go back to your regular breathing. And, you know, all of this comes up. And even tetany, what you're describing, the like, the hands and you know all that being super tight we see mm -hmm. that all the time these little like lobster claws um just because the ph levels change in your body so it causes that and i find it like mm -hmm. oddly cute when people are like in their little tetany hands um, <laughs> they're yeah, little lobsters they're all, little, also to insect hands and 
and yeah, it's, it's it can be very scary for people too, which is why, you know, it's helpful to have, mm-hmm. we always brief people on the kinds of things they can expect. But yeah, it's incredible what you can do with just your body and the emotional release that you're des- describing is so common. Um, for me, I don't think I've ever done breath work and not like cried a ton or, you know, released mm-hmm. some, some kind of, in some kind of emotional way. Um, I've also experienced that with ice baths, which is like probably one of my least favorite yeah. things to do, but also one of the most powerful um, <laughs> things that I can do. It's literally like five minutes to, to release so much. And I also was able to bring my sister and her partner, Seb, to um, the ice baths that we do here with this, with the community. Um, a lot of people who come to breath work, you know, go to the ice baths as well. And a lot of different great offerings around here and, the ice bath uh, the first time I did it here it was I went in and I was like my whole body I actually got tetany from being that ice bath my whole body was like frozen mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know mm-hmm. couldn't move at yeah. all and I was just focused on my breathing it's like I went into a trance or something and then when my body finally relaxed I just burst out in tears but like mm-hmm. a child like this deep deep sob and mm-hmm. um one thing that's helpful for me with this stuff and something that I will guide people in breath work as well is that we don't always need to have a story around these emotions. You know, sometimes they're just stored in there. They might not even be ours. They just what we have to do, what our job is essentially is to be present with them and let them pass, you know, and breath work, ice baths, all of these types of things are great practices for just releasing that stored energy those emotions that just show up, they just want to be felt. And yeah, there doesn't have to be a story around it. Like, Oh, why am I sad? Or why am I so angry? The last ice bath I did, I was so mad. I had so much anger. I went in and I was like, I'm mad. I have to do this. I don't want to be here. And um, (laughs) the facilitator who helps us through the ice baths, he's like, let it out, let it out. Just be you. And I was just like, ah, like screaming in the ice bath. Amazing. (laughs) And then when I got out, I was Good like a new person. Yeah, it's amazing. Very powerful. Mm-hmm. And the work that I've done over the years, I felt I feel like one of the, the key things that contribute to this like depression and fatigue and illness is just all of the emotions that didn't get to be felt that are still held in the body. And if we can find more ways of getting those out, and especially without even needing to attach to the story, like that can just we can look at it and analyze it and unpack it, but sometimes we just got to heal and got to get it out. We need to do it as fast as possible so that we can mm-hmm. start feeling a lot lighter and a lot more free. And it's, it is, it's, it's something that I don't think we really talk about a lot in our society. And so it can even seem surprising to me too, where a friend of mine gave me a massage one time and I have like this chronic jaw, like this TMJ tension and she massaged all the stuff out of my jaw and felt great. And I went to bed last that night and I woke up in the middle of the night, just furious, like for no reason, but just so angry. And it was, she worked all this tension out of my jaw, like down to my heart where I could actually feel and process it. And there was no story behind it. It was just like, oh, this is all the stuff that was sitting in my body. And it's, yeah, I think as many avenues as we can find to release that effectively, then that's so powerful and it's so healing and it's so you know, preventative for other possible issues down the road. Yeah, absolutely. All of that gets stuck in the body if it's not expressed. Um, My friend here is a massage therapist, a yoga teacher, and a light worker. She's extremely connected. And um, Mm. I've had the the privilege of being on her table a couple of times. She does like a three, four hour massage. It's incredible. Um, And she works through, (laughs) yeah, she'll be like, here's your grandmother's anger, you know, she'll like find so much stuff in the mm, body. And wow. um, it's like, really, she really reads the body and finds things that are stuck in there. And she'll work as long as she needs to on certain parts. Um, yeah, I've had this chronic shoulder uh, issue for years now. And I'm constantly trying to work with it to be like, what's in here? You know, what's stuck in here? Um, and I'm still working on it. I still don't really know all the answers. I, I keep having these like, ideas of what it is and sometimes I'm like maybe I don't need to think about it I just need to feel through it and sometimes I'm like no I need to break this down and so it teaches me a lot um this injury and yeah always unpacking new new layers of it um until Mm -hmm. hopefully it will get healed eventually for good I have faith that it will for you it's just part of the journey right continuing to unpack and learn I find that too like I'm learning more and more every day and feeling more and more called to integrate lessons physically into the body. 
yeah, I believe that if it's still there, it's because it still has more to teach me. So I just need to yeah. keep keep listening and keep paying attention, keep being with it. Exactly. Yeah, it's a great perspective. I kind of see it similar. I see it as like a feedback system of like, okay, my body's giving me a message or it needs my attention in some way. And whether that be feeling emotion or integrating something with breath or movement or awareness or, you know, life path. Like you guys went to this whole other part of the world to kind of sounds like answer this sort of calling. I feel like that's a big part of it too, is just giving yourself permission to do what you feel like you're meant to be doing and where you're meant to be doing it. Yeah, there's so many excuses we can come up to come up with to do or to not do the things that sometimes we're called to do. This is a huge leap of faith in so many ways. I've had so much emotion come up around this move. And, you know, I was I was attending the mentorship during the move, right? When we're preparing to leave and when we arrived here, Mm -hmm. uh, the mentorship kind of fell right in the middle of all of that, which was wonderful for me because it meant I had a lot of support from all the women in the group. But yeah, so much came up, you know, it was what am I doing? Why am I employing my life? You know, why would I step into the unknown like this? <laughs> I still have moments mm-hmm. of really, really being homesick, of missing the house that we lived in and being grieving the fact that like our life will never be in that house again. And all those memories mm-hmm. of the kids being little, you know, Charlie or my um, almost six-year-old, she was brought home to that house. And yeah, it's just really, there's a lot of these, this, sadness around the passage of time because this is it's such a that house is such an anchor for like those five years of our life which happened to be the first five years of, of Charlie's life too and I I still mm-hmm. grieve a little bit for that house and I've so, there's so many layers around that because I have I recognize the privilege that I had to be able to sell the house when we did you know nobody kicked us out we weren't forced out of the house for financial reasons if anything you know we got to sell at the height of the market probably I never thought we'd be able to sell the house for, you know, what we're able to sell it for, but it was a result of that time. And, you know, all these things kind of ushered us out of there being like, oh, do you want me to make it easier for you? Like, here's a good financial amount for Mm. your house. And do you want me to make it easier for you? It'll sell in four days. And, you know, here's a beautiful (laughs) town that you love. Oh, and the town also has a French school, which was something that was important for you. Like, you know, all of these little things that just lined up and community, my goodness, like, I just said the word community, and I got chills up my on my arms, because I didn't Mm. know that I was moving here for the community. But like, that is what we got here. Like, it makes me emotional, because it's so special. And it's something I've never experienced before. Like, I didn't know I was missing it until we came here. It's, we've been here Mm. almost seven months now. And I have probably 12 people who I could call if I needed them right now who would show up here for me, you know, like emotionally or physically or picking up our kids because we can't make it or lending us their car because our car broke down, you know, like, or, you know, if I just really needed someone to talk to, it's just, I feel like we have these beautiful relationships with people here um, that I'm so grateful for and people from all over the world and people who, you know, were born and raised here in Costa Rica too. I've had the pleasure of making um, all kinds of different friendships and yeah it's something so so special and when my family was here visiting I felt really lucky that they got to to witness that and even though it's something like my parents couldn't see themselves doing you know moving to Costa Rica they kind of think we're crazy to have done this I think part of them <laughs> were nuts but but they also told us like we get it you know I can we see you and we see the kids and how you're thriving here and these beautiful people in your life and Um, we get it. And that was, you know, I didn't need that, but it was nice to be able to share that with them and to have them see it. Where that came to mind earlier when you were talking about holding that space of what you touched was real, like where the doubt will come up of like, oh, did you make that all up? That was all in your mind. But if you can find community and people who will be in that space with you and share in that with you, I find it can be so affirming and nurturing to help grow that part of you. And such a beautiful heart connection too. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I was sharing this with Daniel the other day. I feel like a lot of the people who we've met here, they they see me in like, I don't really know how to express this. I feel like I like how they see me. I like the reflection of me that I see through them. 
like there's a friend I made here who I, I sat with her. We had this like four hour coffee and she facilitates uh, Bufo. Um, and she just talked about me, like the way she sees me. And I was just like in mm. awe that I got to receive that from her. It was such a beautiful gift. You know, she's like, I see how um, like real you are and how pure your heart is. And, you know, she shared a lot of things with me that were very difficult for her to share in the past but she's like I feel very open with you and I want to share this with you and it's like I got to see again like the medicine that I have to give I got to see it reflected through how she was able to to receive it if that makes sense and I think I've as somebody who you know for a long time I had this idea that I was very ordinary and had nothing special to offer and I was broken and needed so much healing and so much caretaking and all of this and then being like no actually and a lot of what I've lived is actually part of what makes me have this medicine you know and if it's if it's nothing else but to hold space for people so they can share something that they've never shared with anyone before that is extremely valuable I don't have to be some kind of like guru or medicine woman you know, and it doesn't have to look a certain way. And I'm finding ways that like just existing and, you know, doing, continuing to do the work that I'm doing for myself and coming from a very humble place where my ego has a healthy reality check regularly, you know, is allowing me to, to get out of my own way and to just be of service, you know, in the way that I think that I'm probably meant to. It's such a beautiful journey to go on and kind of realizing that you do have these things to share. And I feel like we can get caught in our heads of that having to look a certain way or be a certain format. But like when you were talking about just being so open and connecting with people and talking about the struggles you've been through and helping them to relate and share their story back to you, like that in itself is a medicine. And there's so many other kinds. It's just so many ways that we sh you share gifts with the world. It's beautiful to see. Yeah, I think of all the ways that I've tried to prevent myself from doing that, too. You know, it's like it kind of makes me laugh because I hosted this journaling group recently. Um, it was a six week kind of program that came to me very intuitively. I just sat down. I was like battling in my own mind with it for a long time. It was this idea I had like for so long. I feel like I talked about it even during the mentorship, like this idea of like wanting to because journaling has been so powerful for me. And I kept getting these like downloads of like here's a good topic that you could explore. And I was like, no, no, but I'm not the person to do that. Like, that's not for me. That's not for me. And then eventually I was like, what if it was for me? What would that look like? And then I just allowed myself mm -hmm. to go there. I wrote it all down. I fleshed it out. I, you know, and at the end of it, I was like, this is, this is good. I think, I think this could really be helpful for people. A lot of the journaling prompts and the themes that, you know, are helpful to explore. And they were things that I personally had done myself and have had found really helpful. And then I just put it out there, you know, to see if anyone was interested. And in 24 hours, I had to like close my page down because I had so many people like applying who <laughs> wanted to do it. And then I actually did it, but it took me a while to re like to announce the dates because there was more fear there. There was more, you know, maybe not you and my inner saboteur was so loud, you know, had so many reasons why I shouldn't do it and why I wasn't the right person to do it, et cetera, et cetera. Why I needed more time. I needed more training. I needed to read more books, you know. So many reasons <laughs> and then I was like you know mm -hmm. what I can hold space I know how to hold space and these prompts are good and they've helped me and you know these people are here and they they applied and they want to do this with me so let's just do it and I oh led the group by by explaining how much resistance I had met and so I started mm -hmm. it by being very honest I was like here are all the things my inner saboteur had to say before you know I had to shut that voice <laughs> down and decide to do it anyway and it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. I had women from all over the world and it was incredible meeting with them every week and seeing, you know, so much coming out of them and how much they, they showed up to really give it their all. You know, it was like, here is, you know, masks coming down. Here's what I'm really struggling with. Like, you won't see this on social media, but this is what's going on behind the scenes. And it was mm. just beautiful I had chills every week on that on those calls I cried every week it was I wasn't a perfect leader you know I didn't always know the right thing to say I often cried at people's stories you know I'm sure if I was like doing life coaching I would have broken all the rules but 
but I was me and I think that was <laughs> I did the best I could and and it was a beautiful conversation and the, everyone got a lot out of it I had beautiful feedback and then I started hosting them here in Samra as well with a small group of women um, same thing you know this sisterhood and supportive circle and yeah allow, allowing the journaling to guide the conversations and it was it was incredible and I was like I could have just listen to that voice and not not done this and and why you know like why would I have done that so I try to keep that in mind now when mm -hmm. things come through something that I'm inspired to do it's you know where is this coming from like where is this creative idea coming from and oftentimes it's it's a battle to make sure the, the ego and the the saboteur voices are being contributing something helpful you know Because sometimes maybe they do yeah. have something helpful to say. Maybe, you know, it's true that I don't know a lot about that topic. Maybe that's one I should, you know, stay away from this time. Or maybe that's something I'd want to learn more about before I venture down that road. That's helpful feedback. <laughs> But, you know, being like, yeah. don't do this. Keep yourself safe. Um, you know, nobody wants to learn from you or whatever. Those are not helpful voices. So I can I can better detect now where they're coming from. And I think humility is a big part of it, too. You know, like my my ego needs to be really, really in check. You know, I'm not doing anything that I do if I think I'm doing it for some kind of like fame or fortune, <laughs> not that there's fame or fortune in any of the stuff I've been doing, but you know, then that's, that's something I need to, to pay attention to. Awareness really is I think what it is for me. When you mentioned it earlier, how you opened up this journaling class by saying, these are all the things that I came up against. This is all the resistance I had to even doing this it opens up the floor to say, you can be this real here. It's okay. We don't have to pretend. And it just takes one person having that level of courage. And that's such a beautiful space to hold for people, for them to feel, oh, it's okay. We're all equals and it's safe to show these parts of me here. And by, by the way, I also cry when people share their stories. I don't know if there's like an official, you're not supposed to cry <laughs> rule, but I don't follow that if there is either. It's just being a real and being a person and yeah connecting from the heart you know it's beautiful <laughs> I could never be any other way honestly I just couldn't I've always been extremely sensitive and Charlie is a little copy of me when it comes to that she is super sensitive we watch a Disney movie and we'll like sob together you know it's just very empathetic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a superpower because it helps you hold space and feel what other people are feeling and I couldn't be any other way either or I could try but I'd be miserable trying I remember uh listening to Oprah talk at one point how She was like starting out as this news anchor, but she was using all these personal stories and reactions and it was seen as not professional and it wasn't like she wasn't doing it right or doing it well. And then was, she had this thought like, well, wait a minute, maybe that is what makes me great. <laughs> so she just pivoted and found a place where she was allowed to be her and made a whole bunch of magic. I feel like it's just, that's not wrong. It's just, where can I, where can I connect in a way that this is a gift? Yeah. That's such a beautiful way of looking at it. Where can I connect in a place where this is a gift? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the exact words. I tried to repeat it exactly, but um, yeah, it's really, that's, that's so beautiful. And that is totally what made Oprah so good. You know, that's what we love about her. Yeah. It's, that's how she was so real and Yeah, I wouldn't want to be any other way. I mean, it's that's how I connect to people too. Is I think that's how they feel like they can share with me because I can hold that space and that I can feel their emotions at least. Yeah, help them feel seen. That's a really powerful thing to to be seen mm -hmm. in that that way in that that heart space. So, are you offering these journaling sessions now? Are you and Daniel doing breathwork together now? What so what's next for you guys? Yeah, so we are continuing the breathwork um, classes or the sessions here in Samara. We're about to leave. We're leaving for three weeks. At the end of the week, we're going to the U.S. We're doing a little road trip with the kids. They're off school for a bit, so we figured we'd have a little adventure, which we're very excited about. And then when we come back, um, we'll resume our, our breathwork sessions. I'm putting together, I'm between journaling classes right now. I just wrapped up my first one, um, the one online and the one in person. And so I'm kind of figuring out how I want to structure the next ones. But I'm also working on something like a little different, I guess. It's another one that I've been having a lot of voices <laughs> getting involved in the process. 
called the return to wholeness and it's continuing on the path of healing on the theme of healing which is what i think i can i can never get away from that's just forever what i will be doing i think but the idea of this return to wholeness is to forming a deeper connection to ourselves through different practices i'll have recorded breathwork meditations and sessions do like journaling prompts we'll do like worksheets and different topics to explore and um and meeting i think i'll i'll probably do it there'll be optional to do it like a self paced self led kind of situation and also i'll want to do one with live calls because i really enjoy those a lot and the power of connecting to other people in this container as i've seen firsthand how powerful that is and so i'll definitely have that component available and yeah i'm still kind of like fleshing it out and exploring what that means trying to spend time with like the most aligned in alignment version of myself so that this the ideas are coming from from that part of me yeah that's one thing i definitely got to got to practice through the mentorship was yeah connecting to that part of me and uh listening to what that part has to say i think like you kind of touched on this before but the things i'm trying to create now i really want them to come from like a humble place and from that place of of alignment um and it's more asking myself like how is this going to serve others you know versus like me needing to control things to be a certain way or me needing to come off a certain way you know and that's i think that's i needed to go through a lot of this other stuff to get to that place where i can even be aware of the difference you know um between those those voices and Yeah, they're definitely still there. The voices are still there, but I have a better relationship with them maybe and I can identify them better. It's like they don't get to run the show anymore. <laughs> It sounds like Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For the people out there who are working through their own fear because you had mentioned that was a big part of the beginning of your healing journey with uh with ayahuasca was moving through this fear, this kind of fear of the unknown, this desire to control that and then stepping into compassion and you know so much so much you've you've been through so if there are people who are on their path and they're confronting these kinds of things what would you want them to know hmm. there's a difference between fear and danger so you know we fear can look like we think we're in danger but remembering that just because it feels scary doesn't mean it's something you're incapable of it's a very simple lesson but ayahuasca repeated to me over and over again you can do hard things which is i think there's literally a children's book named that like <laughs> very basic um but yeah you can do hard things and sometimes during breath work i'll say that to to people um just remembering that the boundaries of our comfort zone can be stretched and it can be scary but it also doesn't have to be like karate chopping them down you know you can stretch them gently and it can be a process and you know there's 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 place for conquering fear in a way that's still it will all it's scary conquering fear is scary but it can still be done at your own pace you know and there's still a way to do that while respecting what you're ready for and also that there are a lot of practices to get you comfortable you know with fear which sounds ironic comfortable with fear but to or to practice that you know conquering fear is a practice and if you're able to find ways to face fear and to go beyond fear regularly in a way that's you know safe and controlled like ice baths like breath work those are two very powerful practices we've talked about that i personally just really um connect to then other stuff doesn't feel as scary anymore you know you train yourself to know that you are capable of facing fear and that you're stronger than you think. Mm, that's beautiful. Where can people find you, Davina, if they want to learn more about the work you do? Yeah, so my website is davinapalik.com. Constantly a work in progress, but I try to post on there um <laughs> things that that I'm doing and I post some of my own journaling um um like entries there and try to continue sharing on there. Uh, on Instagram I'm at Davina Kudish K U D I S H eventually I will probably change back to Palik there too but for now I'm still at Kudish which is 
my partner's last name. Those are really the two, the two places. Well, thank you for sharing your journey and thank you for your openness and authenticity and integrity in it. And it's, I, I can feel how much it's reaching out and helping other people and we can't know how much more that will ripple out now and in the future. So really beautiful work you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for having this conversation with me and also for, you know, everything that I've gotten from having you as my mentor. It's been, I'm still every day continuing to unpack some of what we explored and I'm really grateful for, for that. Oh, thank you. It's so much fun. And, and you were talking earlier about like needing to feel prepared and those things that were coming up. It's like, I feel like every class is like an adventure. Like I'll show something, but I don't know what's going to how people are going to respond. And that's part of what makes it so interesting is this like dynamic alive thing. And I'm, I'm guessing for your, for the, what you teach too, like you can't know how people are going to show up or what's going to come up for them, but that's part of the adventure. It's a beautiful thing to get to hold space for. Absolutely. And that's been a huge place for me to face fear, that fear of, you know, how am I going to come off and are they going to think I'm terrible at this? And and being like, no, I trust my intuition. I trust the flow. And yeah, I can only mm-hmm. do my best and show up as my aligned self and, and give myself grace when it's not perfect. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mind Body Free podcast. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Davina as much as I did. It's so cool to get to see how much her and her partner Daniel have changed over the past year. From I remember when we first met before the mentorship to where she is now, it's just incredible leaps and bounds. And if you are looking to connect with your inner medicine to heal your mind, body, spirit, and perhaps learn how to help your loved ones, your friends, or maybe even become a healer, then the mentorship could be right for you. Registration is now open and there are, as of this release, only eight spots left. So they're filling up fast. So don't hesitate to go on over to mindbodyfree.com and schedule a free discovery call to see if this could be right for you. Okay, my dear, sending you my love. Until next time.